This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, June 28, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Most people, when they get sick, have um, one of two reactions. Now, there are people who are mentally ill who have an entirely different reaction, but, but for most normal people, their reaction is one of two things. It's usually, I don't have time to be sick. That, that's one thing they both share in common. So I don't have time to be sick. I've got too much to do. And, and so one approach to it is to basically um, ignore it and just go about doing whatever you do. Um, the other approach, though, is to um, go see a doctor. You know, I want to get well as soon as possible because I don't have time to do this. And, and both of them have pros and cons to them. But I've been thinking a lot about illness lately. I don't know if that's because surgeries are rampant in my house lately. But <laughs> And uh, when today's lessons came up, it seemed like a, a pertinent discussion about what do we do when we get sick? Well, we have two stories here uh, going on of two different approaches to illness. The first one is about Jairus' daughter. Now, Jairus is a rabbi, the head of the local synagogue, and his daughter is almost on the verge of death. You might say, how did he know? And if you've been with people who were dying, you know that when you get toward the end, there gets to be a real raspiness to their breathing. It gets to be very, very labored and hard to breathe. And so he could tell that she was coming near to that final point. And so he finds out that Jesus has come across the Sea of Galilee, and, and he thinks, I'm desperate, i got to do something. So he goes out to get Jesus to see if he can get him to come and lay hands on her and maybe heal her. And so Jesus agrees to do this. Now, this was quite a, a, a profound thing for this rabbi to do, because one, he's the leader of the local synagogue, so he influences a lot of people, and Jesus is somewhat of a controversial figure in those days. And, and even more so is what he does. He falls at his feet and begs him over and over again, it says. You know, pride is gone. He doesn't care. He just wants his daughter to live, and nothing else matters. And so Jesus agrees to go with him. Well, it says that as he was traveling, a great crowd gathered around following. It makes you wonder if Jesus needed secret service or something to push people back. But apparently they were really pressing in on him. And so as that was all going on, there's a woman in the crowd who has been having a menstrual period for 12 years. 12 years, can you imagine? And, and obviously she's anemic and has all sorts of problems. And it says that she has gone to doctor after doctor after doctor and she has spent everything that she had trying to find a cure for this. And, and rather than being better, she's worse. You know, they didn't help at all. So she's desperate. And she thinks, if I could just touch his clothes, I would be made well. Now, that's kind of significant in many ways because this woman... Um, in, in, who is having her menstrual period, is unclean. According to Leviticus, when women went through that, they had to be separated from the rest of the people because blood was the, the, um, um, the bearer of life itself. And so you weren't allowed to touch or be in contact with anyone who is in touch with blood. And so in um, the old days, when they were traveling nomads, they would have a separate tent for the women for that time. 
And these days, they would usually have a separate room that the women would go in, and they had to wait a certain number of days before they could go and be around people again, much less touch them. And so um, for this woman to decide that she's going to touch Jesus' cloak is huge. I mean, it's a really big deal, you know, because she has become an outcast in her own society. You know, she has been cast out of her life. You know, no one wants to be around her. Anybody who knows her stays away from her as much as they can. They think that she's cursed in some way. And yet, this woman is so desperate, and she's heard about Jesus, she said, if I could just touch his clothes, I would be made well. Now, in touching him, she is going to immediately make him unclean, which is a pretty radical thing to do, but she's desperate. And so it says that while the crowd's pressing him around him, she goes and she touches the hem of his garment, and immediately she's made well. Jesus feels power coming forth from him. And it says immediately he stops and turns around and says, who touched me? The disciples think he's lost his mind because it's like everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? I mean, there's all these people here pushing at you. I mean, who didn't touch you would be more the question. And, and, but he knows that this touch was different. And he says, who touched me? And then the woman, in a very profoundly humble and frightening act for her, comes forward and tells him that she did. And it says she told him the whole truth. Not just, well, I touch you because I'm sick and I need to be healed. She told him how she was sick. Which meant she was telling Jesus that I have made you ritually unclean. A rabbi, nonetheless. And Jesus looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. And that's a profound statement too, that he calls her daughter. Why does he use that word daughter in there? Why is, is Luke, you know, or Mark using this word to, to refer to it? Why is it daughter? Well, is there another daughter in the story? Yeah, Jairus' daughter is the other daughter. And so um, now we have this comparison going on between the two. Now, Right after that, as they start to go again, um, some people come up and tell the rabbi that there's no need for you to come, you know, to have him come anymore. Your daughter's dead, so don't bother him. And Jesus said, don't fear, just believe. And he goes to the, the rabbi's house. And as he gets to the rabbi's house, um, the rabbi, all these people are there, as is custom in the Middle East, and they're all wailing. Um, have you ever noticed, and have you ever seen any uh, video footage of on the news or something of uh, Middle Eastern funerals where they're all la 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 you know they carry on go on it's part of their custom um, to release grief and so he, he says to these people why in the world are you making such a commotion she's not dead she's asleep so apparently she may have gone into a coma but they think she's dead we don't really know whether Jesus is using sleep as a, a metaphor for death or if he's using it, um, meaning that she's not really dead, she's just not awake or conscious. But they're convinced that she's dead, and so they start laughing at him. They think he's ridiculous. How absurd. The, the Greek word here is derided. 